Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, January 16th, 2017. Now, those of you wondering, uh, what happened to Friday's episode? We had no internet here. Yeah, Midco, Midcontinent, you know, their services went out in, like, many states all at once. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you slow down. Stop. Open up your Bible and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. I mean, there is a plethora of... People out there saying all kinds of stuff that uh, they ought not to be saying. That's right. We do the comparative work to test to see if what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complexes, those whom we need to be listening to, whose books we need to be buying, whose small group curricula apparently we need to be studying instead of the Word of God. It's the craziest thing. And over and again, we demonstrate that what's being put out there today by people who call themselves Bible-believing Christians (laughs) doesn't even come close to squaring with what God's word says. It's it's unbelievable just how far, far that miss is. You, you get what I'm saying. All right. So like I said at the beginning of the program, Friday was an aggravating day. Yeah, because here's the thing. It's like without internet, there's no way to produce the program. So we lost our internet and uh, – you know, I, I technically I can use my uh, cell phone to create a uh, you know a hub, you know, to use the internet. But I don't really have that much data, so it's like you know, it's for emergency purposes only. So, uh, yeah, we weren't able to put together a program on Friday, which I'm again very sorry about. And oh, <clears throat> my schedule being what it is, there's no way to like you know go back and do a a makeup program. So we're just moving ahead uh, this week. That's all we can do. And uh, so let's talk about what it is that we're going to do on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Today's episode, I'm seriously considering naming it uh, the Prophetic Goat Rodeo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with here today. We've got a full-blown 
prophetic goat rodeo for today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. And it, and it just is really a complete mess. Uh, so uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to begin with a uh, William Tapley, Third Eagle of the Apocalypse, co-prophet of the End Times update. Many of you have been asking about William Tapley and what he's up to. Well, <laughs> he's claiming that Bible prophecy predicts that Donald Trump, the King Cyrus of the New Covenant, yeah, I wish I was making that up. Uh, the King Cyrus of the New Covenant will be converting to Catholicism. So uh, he, he might want to <clears throat> inform Paula White, who, oh man, Friday is just going to be a mess. Paula White, the uh, money-grubbing tele-evangelist, word of faith heretic, uh, you know, literally discipled by T.D. Jakes, and unleashed on the church like a virus by T.D. Jakes and TVN, uh, will be uh, giving the invocation, at least one of the prayers there at uh, Donald Trump's inauguration. And listen, this I, regardless of what you think about Trump's uh, politics, you know, this we don't really do politics here at Fighting for the Faith. If you're a Christian, you should be cringing at the thought of uh, Paula White, the uh, the prosperity pastrix, uh, doing the invocation anywhere on national television. This is not a good thing. It's not a high water mark for evangelical Christianity. If anything, it's a low water mark and is indicative of the um, of the apostasy that has really taken over much of American evangelicalism. So uh, we begin with the William Tapley, Third Eagle of the Apocalypse, co-prophet of the End Times Update. Then we're going to start to begin to check in with Patricia King. Patricia King uh, recently did a live stream event where she was giving 17 prophecies for 2017. And her co-host for, the, uh, <clears throat> for this program was Julie Meyer. Now, there's no way we're going to get to all 17 of these today, so we'll just kind of scratch the surface. Um, then we're going to check in with Apostolette, um, yeah, self-appointed Apostolette, Colette Toach, as she tries to tell us what the Word of God is for 2017. Then we're going to check in with Morningstar Europe as Alyssa Cresswell tries to explain to us what the uh, <clears throat> prophetic word is for 2017. And uh, somewhere along the line there today, we're going to throw in some wild card stuff in today's uh, goat rodeo. Uh, we're going to uh, take a look at um, the some of the last things ever publicly proclaimed by uh, King Eddie Long. And you're thinking, King Eddie Long? Yeah, Go back into the archives of Fighting for the Faith into uh, January of 2012. It may be early February is when we covered it. Uh, so it's either early February, late January 2012. We uh, documented, and uh, we have video of this up at the Museum of Idolatry, that uh, Eddie Long, um, he, um, was, uh, cor- he had a coronation service and was declared to be a king. Yeah, uh, they even wrapped him in a Torah scroll. We've got video of it over again at the Museum of Idolatry, if you'd like to see it. But uh, King Eddie Long, uh, over the weekend on Sunday, died. He uh, the, the official report is that he died of aggressive cancer. 
there are some who are challenging the cause of death as being cancer and are saying that it in, instead was AIDS. Um, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, there's no proof of that allegation other than the fact that it is a well-known fact that um, Eddie Long settled a, uh, a lawsuit out of court uh, and uh, for an undisclosed amount, from what we understand, uh, that you know, settled with four young men of his congregation whom they claim were, <clears throat> yeah, sexually uh, well, treated uh, by uh, Eddie Long. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, kind of the, you know, the last days of Eddie Long if you've seen video of what he looked like, I mean, man, I mean, Eddie Long five years ago was a big man. He was a ginormous man of girth and muscleage. And uh, uh, his uh, final days on the earth, he looked like a survivor of the Holocaust. I mean, that's how thin and, and you know emaciated he was. And uh, and so we're going to go back to October of 2016, where he claimed that he had been healed, and we'll listen to a healing service. Then we're going to head to uh, a service that was conducted on December 11th. Just listen to a little bit of a soundbite as uh, he talks about how the people of his congregation ask too many questions. And then, of course, the news came over the weekend that he had died. And uh, and so, you know, the question we're going to just kind of be asking ourselves, is there any evidence to believe that this man repented of his prosperity heresy, repented of his word of faith heresy? Um, there's no, and I'll just be blunt, there's no evidence of that at all. And uh, and then to round out today's goat rodeo, we're, uh, we're going to head to Glory City Church in Australia, and we're going to listen to Heidi Baker's husband, deliver um sermon 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 yeah um and i'm using sermon in the loosest 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 uh you know way possible because i there's nothing in this thing that even remotely remem- uh, resembles a sermon so that will be today's episode of fighting for the faith and uh, goat rodeo edition uh, so with that, we're going to dive into the program proper since we're beginning with a William Tapley, Third Eagle of the Apocalypse, co-prophet of the end times update that requires us to do this. Doom and gloom coming soon. Listen to Third Eagle's Telling us the end is coming soon, very soon. You'll see signs up in the sun and stars and moon. Doom and gloom, very soon. Rapture comes at night or noon. Doom and gloom, very soon. If you're ready, you will meet the bride and groom. Yeah, that's William Tapley, third eagle of the apocalypse, co-prophet of the end times. And... His uh, song, Doom and Gloom, coming soon. So we're heading over to the studio home uh, in in the upstate New York area of uh, William Tapley uh, as he explains to us how Donald Trump 
according to Bible prophecy, will become a Roman Catholic. Here we go. Welcome to Revelation Unraveled. I'm your host, William Tapley, also known as the Third Eagle of the Apocalypse and the co-prophet of these end times. On this program, I want to continue looking at Donald Trump as prefigured by King Cyrus in chapter 45 of Isaiah. And one of the most amazing aspects of this end times prophecy is that Donald Trump will convert. And I believe he will convert to Catholicism. He will join the remnant Catholic Church. Notice I did not say Roman Catholic Church, because that has been taken over by the false prophet, Pope Francis. My bad. Apparently, Trump will become uh, become a member of the remnant Catholic Church, not to be confused with the Roman Catholic Church under the hippie uh, uh, pontiff uh, Pope Francis. Right, got it. He is turning into a one-world religion. Now, first I want to look at the end times arrangement of the verses where Isaiah sealed up his prophecy in chapter 45. Right. And I showed you this before, but I have changed it slightly. Okay. Column 2, 4, and 6, I originally had as a chiasm. In other words, they were reversed. Right, chiasm, right, yeah. Now believe that they are in the same order as found in your Bibles, except when you read the verses, you read them horizontally. In other words, verse 1, followed by verse 3, followed by verse 5, 11, 17, and 22. Right, so he's cracked the Isaiah 45 code, folks, and he's come up with an alternate order to read the verses, and when you read them in this new order that uh, Donald, not Donald, (laughs) that William Tapley has, well, discovered um, via his keen eschatological insights, um, that when you read them in this new order then you will see that Donald Trump will convert to remnant Catholicism. Okay. All the way down through. And on this program, I want to look at the top line. What's really interesting is that the first three verses in that sequence, 1, 3, and 5, are rosary number verses if you reverse 3 and 5. In other words, if you read verse 1, then verse 5, and then verse 3. I know that's a little subtle difference. You don't have to read them that way. But I think you will agree with me that they are a little better. And, of course, that's very significant because the... <laughs> so we can improve upon how God the Holy Spirit gave this prophecy to Isaiah by engaging in some creative numerological editing and reworking the verses. So we read verse 1 first, then verse 5 then verse 3, then verse 11, then 17, then 22. And you see, when you do that, wow. I mean, you know, you sit there and go, oh, I I can't believe every other biblical scholar and Christian <laughs> and even Jew from the time of the writing of the prophecy of Isaiah until this day completely missed this new, innovative, and even better way of reading Isaiah chapter 45. I mean, you just kind of have to think about it. I mean, what exactly is it called when you believe you can improve (laughs) on the revelation as given by the Holy Spirit to Isaiah? I mean, 
is that hubris? Is it arrogance? Is it foolishness? Is it some combination of all of the above? I mean, I would never think for a second that I could improve what the Holy Spirit revealed to one of the prophets or to Moses or to one of the apostles. I I just don't think I can in the 21st century sit there and go, yeah, 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 I know this is how people have been reading it for two millennia, three millennia, uh, but I think we can do better. <laughs> now, granted, I read the Bible in the original languages, and sometimes I think I can improve on an English translation and sit there and go, yeah, I don't think this English translation is quite capturing the sense of what's going on in the Hebrew, but that's something totally different. Verses themselves are arranged very much like the verses in Daniel, Zechariah, and so on, and right. our Lord's Olivet Discourse in St. Matthew. So you can the shuffle the Olivet Discourse around, too. Who knew? Four verses would symbolize Obama and the United States, followed by two verses of six each, symbolizing the Antichrist following Obama and taking over America followed by 10 verses in a 5 plus 5 sequence, indicating that Mary's rosary will defeat the Antichrist. The same prophecy. Right, yeah, that rosary is quite the spiritual weapon, yeah. They said it's found in most end times prophecy. So let's start with verse 1. Thus says the Lord to my anointed Cyrus. Right, Cyrus. Not Donald Trump. Cyrus. I think that this is the only time the word Cyrus is found in this chapter. And I think that is how Isaiah emphasizes that this has an end times prophecy and Cyrus is only concerned with the near time fulfillment of chapter 45. Whose right hand I have taken hold of, God is going to direct Donald Trump. If Donald Trump is the one... Donald Trump is not named Cyrus! <laughs> oh, this is so bad. Oh, man. Uh, okay, I, I don't think I could endure him, you know, reading Isaiah 45. That is clearly a prophecy to King Cyrus, who's already run his course, fulfilled this prophecy. Donald Trump is not King Cyrus. And it, this is kind of an important thing. Are you ready here? When Isaiah penned his prophecy, it had no chapter numbers and no verse numbers. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it came hot off the parchment press, you know, with the ink and the quill and all that kind of stuff. Um, with no chapter numbers, no verse numbers. Though that was an apparatus that was put into the scriptures long, long, long after the Bible was complete in order to help find particular passages. And so to sit there and say, Isaiah 45, Trump's the 45th president of the United States. Ergo, he's King Cyrus is just utter nonsense and gobbledygook. I, I think you get the point. Okay. Moving along, we're going to put this under the uh, Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update. Let's do this. Oh, hallelujah. 
Get up right now. Tilton and Hubaba Kanda. So the next part of our goat rodeo today, we're heading over to the studios of XP Media and Patricia King and her 17 prophecies for 2017. Co-host with her for this important prophetic live stream event is uh, Julie Meyer. And uh, I need to warn you, the audio isn't so hot in the beginning of this uh, of this uh, live stream event. And uh, and so they try to clean it up along the way. So if you're thinking that doesn't sound so good, it's well, that's the way it got recorded. So here's Patricia King and Julie Meyer and 17 prophecies for 2017. Here we go. Let's get started, yeah. Julie, because the first Excited. word that we are looking at for the new year is that 2017 is going to be a year of breakthrough. Right, year of breakthrough. She must have checked her notes with um, Cindy Jacobs. Breakthrough on every level. And I know that for many of you, you're going to be happy to hear that because I've heard from many people saying that 2016 and, and even 2015 for many was a very challenging season for you. But 2017 is a year of breakthrough. Breakthrough will come in areas where the enemy has assaulted believers such as areas in health, finance, relationships, and adverse circumstances in life. And many of these breakthroughs are going to come to you very suddenly. It'll be like, you know, you've been living in the, the circumstance for a long time, and suddenly the breakthrough will be there for you. Breakthroughs are also going to come in regional and on national levels mm -hmm. of many uh, regions around the uh, earth and in nations um, in response to the prayers of the saints. Many of you have been praying for your nations, for your regions. I'm especially seeing right now in the sphere, I'm seeing New Zealand. Mm. So for those of you that are watching from New Zealand, there's great breakthrough coming mm. for you. And Right. Those of you living in New Zealand, you, you've been waiting for some suddenly breakthrough relief. I, I'm, we're pretty certain there'll be a shaking to go along with this. But good news for those of you in New Zealand. Big breakthrough year for you, yeah. You've been interceding. You've been doing the decrees. You've been storming, storming in the spirit. And, and the God of breakthrough is going to release breakthroughs in this, in this coming year. It'll be a significant word. Breakthrough will be a significant word in 2017. There'll be Right. People all over the place will be using that breakthrough word. Yeah. Maybe books, articles, um, conferences, uh, all, all sorts of things with breakthrough being used in 2017. And the more it's proclaimed, the more breakthrough will come. It's right. Yeah. See, the more people who keep using the word for the year, breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. 
the more breakthrough that will break through. Almost like, Julie, it's going to be like a, a gaining momentum mm-hmm. in the spirit. So the more we proclaim it, the more it will come. At the end of 2016, and I felt like um, just releasing everyone, forgiving everything, you know, that it all was restored back. And I was telling my good friend, Joan Hunter, she's your friend, and I, it was just the other day, and I said, Joan, I feel like 2016 was a year where many people walked through dung, clear up to our waist. And she said, you know what? Dung is the best fertilizer, and there is a year of harvest. And so for many of you that have been through a year like she... So those of you who have experienced the 2016 dung outpouring, don't worry, you can save that dung up and use it for fertilizer for 2017. Explain that is almost like, you know, up to your waist and tongue. Um, That's the best fertilizer. And so use it for 2017 because it'll yield a great, a great harvest. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) did you experience the great 2016 dung outpouring? Oh, yeah, yeah. Save it up. Keep it in buckets and stuff. You know, don't worry. You can use it this year for the harvest. Yeah. Awesome. And what I love is personally, and I know this for other people, that at the end of 2016 because people just kept walking. I'm not going to give up. Mike Bickle says all the time, if you don't quit, you win. That everything was restored walking into 2017. I know, it's so beautiful. beautiful. It it was. Everything was restored in 2017. Okay. It's so beautiful. I wanted to also share about the angels of breakthrough. Now, I know three individuals myself. They're all ministers of the gospel who have had a personal encounter with an angel called Breakthrough. Mm. Would one of those be Katie Sousa, the one who claims that there's like a whole regiment of military uh, angels along those lines? I believe that there's a whole company of Breakthrough angels that got... Uh-huh. Yeah, now she's ripping stuff up. Notice Patricia King was a little slow in getting her prophecies out this year. And it's as if she's aware of the fact that we're listening to all of these different prophecies and tallying them up and noting that ain't nobody saying the same thing. So she's had plenty of time to uh, coordinate her prophecies with uh, Cindy Jacobs and also uh, Katie Sousa and others. Okay. Although I got to admit, the 2016 dung outpouring, that's new to me. I wasn't even aware of that. Created to serve as people. But I've never myself met an angel of breakthrough. And the Lord spoke to me as I was waiting on him for 2017. He says, Patricia, you are going to meet the angel of breakthrough. And I had this sense that there's this like, like, it's almost like a military group of angels that God has raised up. Yeah, I've heard Katie Sousa talk that way. To help the people. Who happens to be a disciple of Patricia King, really closely associated with Patricia King. God, in this hour, not only with our personal things, but for nations. And so I, I, I really believe prophetically that many of you are going to have encounters with this angel, but mm. it's, it's, it's going to be activated within and through the body of Christ this year. Right, yeah, that angel will be activated in and through the body of Christ, the angel of breakthrough, part of that Great military company. It's kind of, you know the the Navy SEALs of uh, of the angelic host, right? Yeah, the breakthrough angels. Uh huh. 
All right, we're going to pause there with our goat rodeo today. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, more of this uh, nonsense, and then we'll also get to our uh, King Eddie Long segment. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss them. We'll be right back. We don't need to rethink Christianity. We need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> presents Church Day Select. And now, Max Holiday's Birdcage Theater proudly presents Sessions with Mildred. Now, Mildred. I have some very important information to show you in this next video. It's going to give you the tools necessary to know if you're hearing directly from God. But anyways, Dr. Barbie, we are going to talk today about symbols. Yes, I like Because symbols. oftentimes God speaks in symbols. So outside of symbols, what are some of the ways that God speaks to his people? Well, major ways through his word. But his Holy Spirit speaks to us and communicates to it through a symbolic language, through even signposts on the highways, through music, through the dance, through nature. The other day I was at your home and a dove kept flying by the window. And to me it was the Holy Spirit bringing messages through the dove appearing, which represents the Holy Spirit. So as you can see, Mildred, God talks to us in many, many, many ways in everyday life, which is why... I got you this. A Cracker Jack prize? Yes. I mean, no. Do you have any idea how many box tops I had to send in for this thing? Um, no. It was a lot. It doesn't matter. Anyway, what you see before you is, in fact, your very own Holy Spirit decoder ring. What does it do? What doesn't it do? When I turn it on, it has the ability to warn you when the Holy Spirit is trying to give you an important message. Like what? <laughs> I'll show you. We know that the Holy Spirit can talk to us in all kinds of ways. He could even be trying to send me a message through this radio right now. I'm on the to hell. Hold on, let me change the station. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Radio for now. <laughs> Let me help you turn on the ring. I have a great idea. Why don't you take it out for a test drive? Aren't you gonna come with me? <laughs> you know I can't leave. 
being under house arrest is so much fun. If I were to leave my house for more than 20 seconds, then the cops would show up and tase me again. And who wants that? Now here's how the ring works. When it beeps like this, that means that there's a sign that you need to see in the area around you. Um, Mr. Sunshine, when the ring goes off, how am I going to know what the message is? Trust me, you'll know. It'll be so obvious that you won't miss it. And on top of that, the ring will make this sound when you've guessed it correctly. It couldn't be simpler. You are now free to leave. I'm really sorry to have to bother you at your house. They told me that these sessions are a part of the pastor's vision and that if I don't go, it will be a sin against God. You think that somebody under house arrest would be free from any and all ministerial obligations, but no! I guess that would make too much sense. I'm sorry that I caused you so much pain. It's all your... I mean, not your fault. <laughs> my, my, look at the sun. It's time for you to go. Have fun with the decoder ring! This is gonna go off. I see a McDonald's. I see a sign twirler dressed up as a hot dog. And I see the town park. You want me to go to the park? Okay. There's a dog eating grass. His owner is picking up the poop, and there's a bird flying towards the road. Is the bird a message? The little bird just got hit by the truck. I think I get the message. Uh, all I see now is a couple having a picnic by the pond. You are such a jerk! I think they just broke up. Um, there's a tetherball court. But there's no tetherball or rope, it's just a pole. I don't see any kind of message here. I think you're broken. I'm gonna take you off my finger now. Oh no, it's stuck. I'm gonna have to go get some soap from the bathroom. I can't let you do that, Mildred. Oh dear, it's become self-aware. Mildred, you and I are bonded as one. I am an instrument here to reveal his secrets to you. I will deliver his messages to you, for it is his will that you should know them. We are going to be together forever.
Oi, Captain, we got ourselves a heretic. (laughs) (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. is to heretic, to R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that much of the prophecies, in fact, all the prophecies claiming to be prophecies today, are from people who are actually goats, not sheep. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions, in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. And you can partner with us. It's a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you are signing up to automatically contribute an amount that you decide. That's right. You get to pick your rank in our crew, and our rank is based upon your monthly commitment. The lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you can do so by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith. Send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Now let's get back to our prophetic goat rodeo here as we head back to XP Media. And there are 17 prophecies for 2017. Here is Patricia King and Julie Meyer. And so as you're praying and decreeing breakthrough, there's angels that will be dispatched in Psalm 100. Right, yeah. So as soon as you pray and decree breakthrough, then the angels will show up, right? No biblical text says this. uh, 20, it says the angels of the Lord, they obey the voice of the Lord's command. So when you give voice to the Lord's decrees and words... Um, Yeah, the problem is uh, declaring breakthrough is not one of the Lord's decrees. That's your decree. Releases and dispatches these angels to work on your behalf. And I believe that many of you are actually going to meet... This this company have angelic encounter. Right, yeah, they're, they're the whole you know, you might you know be able to even like house them overnight or something like that. You know, 
those military units from heaven, you know, they need a place to stay every now and then. It's going to be an escalation of angelic encounter in 2017. Yeah, amen. Whole escalation. Yeah. You know, I wanted to say also is that because you were talking about singing breakthrough, right? Uh, What? So apparently Julie Meyer can sing Breakthrough. I didn't know you could do that. You actually, because in the adoption process of your grandson, there were some tense moments that we had to pray through, right? And you wrote me a text one day and said, I'm singing my grandson into the arms of their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really was. And also tell our viewers how they can find out more about that teaching because she does the... The teaching on singing things into existence. Mm-hmm. best teaching on singing the word and she has webcasts and everything that you can join so tell yeah, them how well, to go actually you can join our into the river which i would love yes. to be on so you can join them in their river okay on one of my uh programs but uh it's just i'm just teaching people how to sing the bible it's not just for worship teams i want to break that off it's it's really how you get the breakthrough it's how they remembered the Torah when it was first given <laughs> right so that's how you get your breakthroughs by singing let's check in with uh, sid roth's it's supernatural as he uh, interviews uh, julie meyer about this apparent into the river singing things into existence teaching here we go hello sid roth here welcome welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural Are you interested in a breakthrough in one or more areas of your life? Yeah, man. By the way, this was um, broadcast on November 16th, 2014. Huh. I am. Right. So they were talking about breakthrough all the way back then. Do you want breakthrough? Oh, I do. Yeah, yes. Please sign me up. How do I get my breakthrough? Well, my guest has been shown a way for breakthrough that I believe is an ancient way that God is restoring right now because when she prays this way that God instructed her... God told her to do this, man. ...has 100% breakthrough 100% of the time. I want to find out if... So do you want 100% breakthrough? you got to apply this new breakthrough technique revealed... To Julie Meyer. This. How about you? I, I, I have to tell you, there is such a presence of tranquility as Julie Meyer plays the piano and sings. Yeah, can't can't you feel the tranquility, man? Yeah. I, I have felt peace. But this is almost a, a, a different level of peace. The only word I can come up with is tranquility. And Julie, I think it has to do with your beginnings. You see, she had an alcoholic mom. And she had an alcoholic mom, yeah. Mm. The only peace Julie could find is to go to her piano and just sing. And she wasn't even a believer in Jesus, but she knew hymns. It would bring her such peace. 
And then, believe it or not, she met a pair of twins, the Roth, R-O-T-H, twins, no relation. And the Roth twins kept pestering her. you got to come to a Bible study. She didn't want anything to do with it. But she said, if I win this state piano competition, I'll go. She did awful, but she won. She went age 17. She becomes a believer, and she hasn't been the same since. But like a lot of 17-year-olds, she didn't like the way she looked. She didn't like the way uh, she played the piano. Uh, you're a pretty negative, period. I was very negative, yes, towards myself. Uh, no, I understand. Yes. And, and, uh, but you found something that supernaturally broke you through to be the person God wanted you to be. Tell me about it. Yeah, and that was in my 30s. So I spent a lot of time from 17 to 30 not liking me. Um, I have a lot of practice. <laughs> yes. I began to sing the word. I began to, I would take a psalm. I love the psalms. Nothing wrong with singing the psalms. We just want to make that clear. I would take a, a scripture, maybe just one or two, and I would just sing the Bible. And I would sing it three ways. I would sing it word for word. And then I would take the same two scriptures, it doesn't have to be a whole chapter, and I would turn it into a prayer, so it was just my prayer, and then I would sing it as if God were singing to me. That's all. Mm -hmm. And see, there's the key right there. I mean, if you want 100% breakthrough, breakthrough 100% of the time, then, you know, you, you got to employ this into the river singing the Bible technique that that uh, Julie Meyer has received via revelation from God. <clears throat> Let's check in with uh, Mike Murdoch. I think he's uh, pioneering and working with this technique itself on the, the singing of the word. Let's uh, check in with him. Hold your Bible close to your heart. Stroke your Bible. Uh, like what? you stroke a child's face. <laughs> okay. I love sitting at your feet. I love hearing what you say. I love hearing what you say. I love knowing your desires. I love knowing your desires. I'm so pleasured to obey. I'm so pleasured to obey. Man. Goat rodeo. That's all I can say. Goat rodeo. Your favor is like sunrise. Your favor is like sunrise. Driving. Driving all my nights away. All my nights away. I love sitting. At your feet Every single day I love sitting at your feet Oh, sing it like a choir I love sitting At your feet Every single day mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, so... This is really getting weird. Okay, so let's change it up just a little bit. Let's do a new apostolic reformation update and check in with Colette Toach. That requires us to do this. 
Children, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain is Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the teams have been sliced. They're Pinky, they're Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain. Heading over to the Apostolic Movement International, where the apostolate, self-appointed apostolate, Colette Toach uh, holds court. Uh, Here's God's word for 2017, and it's not breakthrough, it's Apostolic Mandate Movement. Yeah. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen on you, Mm. for behold, The darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Yeah, that's a messianic prophecy about Jesus. Yeah, you might want to pay attention. That ain't about you. That's about him. Most favorite passages in the word, Isaiah 60. As we enter 2017, I am here this evening to expose a conspiracy theory. Wow. That's amazing. She's there to expose a conspiracy theory. Wow, that's... Consider myself riveted at this point. Yeah. There has been something that has been going on underground. Like... Do you mean in like the nefarious underground or the underworld, like, you know, the black market? Do you mean underground, like in subterranean caverns? What do you mean by underground here? In the darkness. Okay. As the darkness has come and covered the earth and the deep darkness, the people, a movement has begun. One that very few know about, but yet even now as we stand on the threshold of something new, we are beginning to see signs. Right, yeah, we're on the threshold of something new. Can't you see the signs? Movement. Movement. Change. Change. Birth. Birth, right, there's birth coming, yeah. Direction, a shaking. (laughs) A shaking, there's breakthrough, provision, shaking, all the standard pablum we hear every single year. From all these people claiming to be hearing from God. It's starting to take place. Yeah, yeah. Within the earth. You see, it's easy to see the darkness. Step out your front door. Turn on the news. Pick up your phone. Go to Facebook. It's easy to see the darkness. It has covered the earth. and it- I'm hearing darkness right now. I noticed the play on... You- Shh, do you smell something? Yeah, okay. Darkness, the people... But let us not forget. But the glory of the Lord will shine on you. And I'm here to tell you today 
I am here to speak into your life and into the church and say that it is time for a movement. Yeah, that could be misconstrued. I'm just saying. It is time for God's plan that has been set in motion since the beginning of time to come to pass. It's time. It's time. Finally. It is so easy to look at the world and to feel the impossibility of change. It is. Oh, man. Are you suffering from the feeling of the impossibility of change? Well, it's time for a movement. So hard when you see the systems, yeah. when you see the enemy at work, when you see how we're being outvoted, outrun. Challenged, persecuted. Yeah, well, Jesus promised that. And there are times when you are so tempted to feel it's impossible for God to do anything. I mean, you know he's God. You know he's amazing. But you still wonder, is it possible? Like I said, I'm here to expose a conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you go right ahead. Yeah. When I give a sermon, I preach the word. I don't know what you're doing. Not only is it possible, but amongst all this darkness that you see and that you feel, underground, God has been at work. And you are... God is working underground? ...going to see this change out on Sunday when you go to church. You are not going to see this change in your praise groups and prayer groups. You are going to see this change rising up out from the darkness. That is where the glory is going to shine. So God's been working underground in the darkness, although he's light. And this change is coming. We're going to see it emerge from the darkness. If we're seeing this change in this movement emerging from the darkness, doesn't that mean that this change in this movement comes from the devil, not from God? God is light. In him there is no darkness. This woman calls herself an apostle. Good grief. Change. This movement is about to take place in the world. Right, yeah, because she said so. And right there, you begin to understand that God is doing something with the apostolic move. And just as Jesus came... No, I didn't see that. You know, you, I don't know how you made that connection. See, you, see, just there you could see that God's doing something with the apostolic move. Yeah, no, no, I'm not sure what logic you're using, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't follow. In a way that nobody expected. Right. So again, God is moving in a way that none of us expected. Come no one saw it coming. You know, none, no one saw God moving in this way. Uh, at all. I mean, wow. Okay. Oh, guys, for those of us who've been here a little while, you remember the Pentecostal revivals. You remember the healing revivals. You remember the Billy Graham crusades. Oh my goodness. I have memories of it as a child sitting in front of the TV, watching the Billy Graham crusades, an incredible time for the church. And when you start talking about the move of God, this is the picture that's in your mind, right? Good, I'm here to smash that picture. Wait, just, just start smashing away. Yeah, call it. I mean, it's, this is so brave and courageous of you. As God has been working underground in the dark, and this plan's going to emerge from the darkness. 
Because that is not what God is about to do in his church. That, oh, that was the former rain. That was just a taste of what God really has in mind. And as we've come to seek him together as a team, as I've been before him, he started to open the curtain and let me see something. We speak so often as believers, and certainly even in our ministry over the last year, it's been all about gaining our promised land, fighting for our promised Have you been gaining and fighting for your promised land? This woman has no clue what the promised land actually refers to. In Hebrews chapter 11, take a look at the passage itself. It's very clear that the promised land, that the promised land of the Old Testament was always pointing to is the new earth, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city whose builder is God. It's not something in this life under this cursed creation. It's something after Christ comes. And plowing the field so we may sow seeds for the promised land. It's been a year of warfare. It's been a year of promise. It's been a year of pushing hard and pushing through. How many of you are with me on that one? You know what I'm talking about. I'm tired just hearing you describe this this pushing and fighting and sowing and oh man I'm listen you know, the promised land I'm inheriting by grace through faith is given as an inheritance I mean total gift I mean I haven't sowed or plowed or fought or anything for it it was given to me I mean I don't know what you're fighting for. Yes, the promises of God were there. Yes, we saw God move. But man, we had to pick up the sword and we had to fight. And whether you like it or not. I think this woman thinks she's like Patton or something. You stand today. You stand on the land that you fought for. Now. (sighs) This just doesn't make any sense. Good night. And she's an apostle. She's an apostle. Now, I'm going to hang on to Alyssa Cresswell for a future episode of Fighting for the Faith. Let's uh, change gears here. We're going to do a money-grubbing televangelist update. That requires us to do this. I've got 90,000 pounds in my pajamas. I've got 40,000 French francs in my fridge. I've got lots of lovely lira, now the Deutschmark's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money you can make a splash. Quite as wonderful as money, 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 money. There's nothing like a newly minted pound. Money, 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 money. Everyone must anger for the butchness of a banker. It's accountancy that makes the world go round, round, round. You can keep your Marxist ways, but it's only just a phrase. For it's money, money, money makes the world go money, 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 money. So we're heading to Atlanta and going back in time just a smidge. We're going back to October of last year. October of last year, Eddie Long made a presentation in front of his uh, adoring fans and followers that congregated there to that missionary Baptist church. And uh, notice I didn't say they were a church because they're not. Uh, And uh, it was noted then at the time 
by those uh, paying attention to Eddie Long that he seriously looked ill. I mean, ser- I mean, I, if I had to guess, he lost no joke, a hundred, hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, he was literally just a shadow of what he used to be. And remember, five years ago next week, five years ago next week, they crowned him king. There was a coronation service. We have the uh, video footage of Eddie Long's uh, coronation service. So King Eddie Long, back in October of 2016, declared that he was back uh, to minister and that he was healed and then performed a healing service. We'll pay attention to the theology Here's King Eddie Long uh, from October of 2016. I've been on a journey and um, just recalibrating myself. And like I said, I had some health issues and God has healed me. The manifestation is coming through. So he claimed that God healed him. He died on Sunday. We stand in that. When I woke up this morning, God expressed to me that there's some of you who's, who suffer in this congregation of chronic pain. You have to be controlled by painkillers. If I'm speaking to you, jump in the aisle. Mm-hmm. So he claimed that God healed him. He was having some health issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, clearly he's a shadow of his former self. And now he's claiming that he has been given a special ability to heal people there at his um, uh, fan club meeting. There's a healing bomb in there. Well, there's a healing bomb in the aisles if you just go out and get it. While you're moving. While you're moving. Like the lepers were cleansed while they were moving. He clearly has no clue what the story of the cleansed lepers is about. I declare pain cannot bombard the temple of the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, he declares that. So this is his theology. In October, he still hadn't repented of it, even though he was literally just months away from dying. Through enough to carry a key of authority. And God would not have woke me up this morning to put that in the atmosphere from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. In the so he put something in the atmosphere because God woke him up to do that. Okay. Name of Jesus. Those who stepped out about the pain, meet me at the altar real quickly. Do you want real quickly? To do you want to be healed? And they began now singing, Do you want to be healed? So now those who are suffering from physical ailments are coming forward for a special blessing from King Eddie Long. Um, The person who claimed that he was healed, that God healed him, and that he now has a special healing anointing that he can release into the atmosphere. And the people coming forward truly look like they are in pain and are suffering. My oil. You 
What a wonderful song they wrote in honor of uh, his false ability to heal. Will be. singing I just want to touch your hand touch your hand touch your hand once I touch your hand move so I can get somebody else in Jesus name heal so he's declaring them healed by touching them while he literally is not truly healed of his own disease the one that will kill him in three months from the time this was recorded. Come on, choir. Come on back. No more. No more. Satan, take your hands off. In the name, in the name, here come the fire of God upon you. The fire of God. So the guy's a total prosperity pimp, or at least was. Now, 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 break it. Oh, claiming that he has a messianic anointing, you know, to be able to heal and stuff like that. And keep in mind, again, when this was recorded, he had literally three months to live. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now, now, now. Send me, send me. And now there's people falling over and falling down backwards and all of that nonsense. None of that is actual, a real manifestation of the Spirit. Now we're going to fast forward to a service from uh, December, uh, on December 11th, 2016, and this is Eddie Long with literally one month to live, um, talking about how the folks there are asking too many questions. Yeah, here we go. Anointing uh, released over this house. I said, the Hovarafa is all over this house. I've felt some pains and things. God said, to be the effective minister I want you to be. And that's all I want you to be. He said, I needed to let you feel what your house been feeling. Uh, so God, the Holy Spirit, revealed to him that all of the suffering that he went through was in order for him to become and be the effective minister that God wanted him to be. He has one month to live at this point, that the, at when this was recorded. But I'm here to tell you that things broke off of me. I said, I'm here to tell you that faith is broken off of you. It's clear to me that the people there at this Missionary Baptist Church in Atlanta, that their idol, I-D-O-L, that's right, their idol was Eddie Long. And God smashed that idol. 
hopefully as a warning to anybody who would dare think that a mere sinful man can somehow wield the power of God like he's the son of God when he isn't. I know a lot of you try to contact me and call me and text me and I can't return all the texts. I get all the love, just know I can't do it. It's just too many. It's too many. (laughs) But it makes me feel good to see all them folks that's praying for me. But I, 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 I want you to know, because one reason I can't, even with some, is because everybody will ask questions. I don't want to rehearse facts. Now here comes the word of faith heresy. I don't want to rehearse facts. And listen to the rest of the quote. Now, if you called me to talk about truth. Right, yeah, this is a spinoff of the word of faith heresy. You see, the doctor's report, all the chemo he's been through, he's lost his hair. Um, that, that, those are just facts. The truth is that he's already healed because God told him that all of this was to prepare him so that he can be the effective minister that God wanted him to be. And he's got just a little over 30 days to live at the time he spoke these words. And by his stripes, no weapon formed. I will not die but live. You at the head, not the tail. You want to talk about that? We'll have a nice conversation. Uh-huh. It's clear that uh, all of those verses out of context weren't able to actually turn his cancer around, were they? As I get stronger, you'll see me more. I plan to be fully engaged. So as he gets stronger, he's fully intending. I mean, God has healed him already. Remember what he said in October. It's December. and So as he gets stronger, he's going to be the effective minister that God has prepared for him to be. And I think you get the point. For I mean, all of the evidence shows that Eddie Long dies the exact same way that Tammy Faker... Faker. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> Slip of the tongue there. Tammy Baker, how she died. Tammy Faye Baker. How did she die? Died of cancer. Literally skeletal. And as she's getting ready to die, I mean, she's not even admitting that she has cancer and she's doing the same thing that Eddie Long did, which means that she doesn't die in the faith as a penitent believer in Christ. She dies believing a lie. And all of the evidence here is showing that Eddie Long goes to his grave literally believing the heresy and nonsense of the prosperity, word of faith, heresy, which ultimately was unable to turn things around. I mean, he didn't want to believe and listen to facts. He wanted to believe the truth. And the truth was that, oh, by his stripes we're healed. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I will be, I will be, uh uh-huh, I will live. No, actually, he died. Yep. Sometimes God permits stuff like this as an example to us of his mercy as well as his judgment. And uh, I pray that uh, Eddie Long, uh, the king, and you have to put that in air quotes, repented, truly repented of all this nonsense and was forgiven for his heresy, for his sexual predations, for his exploitation of the people in his congregation to make him wealthy, all of the things that he did 
because he wasn't a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing, there's no evidence of that at all, at least not in recent years. This man was a predator. He was a wolf in sheep's clothing, and all I can say is I would hate to have to explain all of that to Jesus Christ on the Day of Judgment. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're heading down to Glory City Church in uh, Australia and to listen to a sermon by the husband of Heidi Baker, Roland Baker. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. If you want advice on how to have your best life now, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Pirate Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. All right, we're back. Our number two of Fighting for the Faith sermon review time. And again... I'm using the word sermon in the loosest possible way here. Let's do this right. 
The good, the bad, the ugly, we review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon, yeah, I don't know what to call this thing, comes to us via Glory City Church out in Australia. This is where Catherine Runala holds uh, court. I don't even think this thing has a message, so I'll call it the Goat Rodeo to go along with our program. And uh, it's delivered by Roland Baker, and there are some parts of this going to make you really uncomfortable, because we're not hearing about Jesus. We're not hearing a biblical text rightly exegeted. We're hearing Roland Baker just off the cuff speaking absolute nonsense. That's the best way I can put it. So let me back off on the music, and without any further ado, here's Roland Baker and the message I've titled, Goat Rodeo. Here we go. Decency and in order, remember that. (laughs) Are you ready for church or God? (laughs) What a false dichotomy. Wow. It's hard to preach when you're happy. <laughs> and what's with the blowing in the microphone? I had something important to say, but oh, I just feel good. <laughs> oh, did um, here we are at church. Just relax, I'll give you a message when I get one. <laughs> I'm pretty informal. <laughs> I learned how to preach in seminary, but I don't remember anymore. <laughs> then I learned from Bob Jones. The thing to do is to, it's a surefire three steps process to preach. You show up, number one. Number two, you're on time. Number three, be empty headed. (laughs) Really? Don't study and show yourself approve. Preach a biblical text, rightly handle it. No, just show up on time with an empty head. Wow. If you have thoughts of your own, there's no room for God's thoughts. Really? Where does it say that in Scripture? Because all I need to do to uh, preach a biblical sermon is to open the Bible and preach the text. And so your real job 
is not to be amazing and fulfill yourself and find your destiny and, you know, be all you're called to be. <laughs> your real job is to become nothing at all so Jesus can become everything. Oh, that sounds so pious, so spiritual. It's just gobbledygook. Lovely thought. (laughs) Are you set for a nice, lovely evening? Or do you want to be blown away? I'm going to test you guys. We've uh, we've had a few hundred people, and maybe up to 500 people, maybe raised from the dead in Mozambique. Really? Um, do you have proof of that? Lovely thought. It's not easy to impress Australians. You have to do more than raise the dead. Is that all you can do? Show me what you got, you know. I've heard of that. What else can God do? I'm so sorry. I don't know what this is. It, demonic is the word that comes to mind. It's not easy to be bored by God. But you can do it. It's possible for you to be totally and thoroughly bored in God's presence. See? (laughs) It's just amazing. What 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 does God have to do to impress you, you know? How many of you would just like a little shot of the Holy Spirit? Apparently he can hand out the Holy Spirit like a shot. Not too much. Moderation. (laughs) Would that be like a whiskey shot? How how many proof is the Holy Spirit? I'm just, I I don't, we were here, I was here once before, but I'm kind of testing you tonight to see if, if there's... How about a few basket cases? Really desperate people come up here right now. Yes! No. So the basket cases are running to the front. And he's now throwing them to the ground with his Holy Spirit jiu-jitsu move. Notice procedure here, you know. Let the bodies hit the floor. Not everybody, just the basket cases. Just a little 
right? So he touched that guy, and that guy totally lost his marbles. This looks like um, Toronto kind of stuff. This isn't the Holy Spirit. This is nonsense. Yeah, that's not demonic at all, is it? Now, I'm going to fast forward. I mean, I am not joking when I say this goes on for almost 10 more minutes of people hitting the floor, convulsing wildly, cackling demonically, totally losing it, incapable of stopping laughing. This is not the Holy Spirit. This is a false manifestation, and this is totally demonic. That's the best way I could describe it. That is the only correct word for this. So we'll fast forward to the tail end of this knockdown session where he's going to try to get back in control and actually teach something. <laughs> That's what you learn in harvest school. Okay, some of you look worried, so I gotta start talking here. Might as well relax. <laughs> we were meeting with some Harvard School alumni before the meeting tonight, before dinner. And, you know, we ask, well, how's it going? What would you like? What's happening in your life? And did you get enough in harvest school? And the usual answer was, no, we want more. How many want more? You, you, don't, you don't have to be so excited about this. <laughs> No, no, it's just... Well, maybe that's a bit excessive. <laughs> She, she sounds saved to me. <laughs> How many want to be that saved? You want to be partially saved, almost saved, pretty much saved, or, or, or saved. <laughs> uh, that was not the gift of tongues. And what about that woman made her sound saved? She sounded like she needs to be institutionalized to me. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> Just trying to set the mood for heaven, you know. Really, this sets the mood for heaven. This is total pandemonium, an utter goat rodeo. There's nothing here that even remotely sounds like the Holy Spirit at all, or even remotely follows the very clear instructions in 1 Corinthians regarding the use of the Spirit's gifts in an orderly way for the building up of the body of Christ. This looks like a hypnotist working a crowd. If you don't like to laugh, you're not going to like heaven at all. So. <laughs> How many of you have gotten too much joy? You want to go to another church? <laughs> <laughs> Too much Holy Spirit around here. I want some. <laughs> I, I want something reasonable. <laughs> That's not the Holy Spirit. A little quiet over here. <laughs> oh, she has that sinking feeling. <laughs> How are we doing? <laughs> Are you a leader around here? <laughs> okay. Okay, let's 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 talk. Yeah, stop making the airplane noises and all that kind of nonsense. This isn't the Holy Spirit. Try something new. Let's <laughs> Some of you are wondering, who is this guy? <laughs> and where did he fall in from? <laughs> and he's kind of gross. He's sweating profusely. Well, <clears throat> we have a little revival going on in Africa. <laughs> and it's not our fault. Kind <laughs> of just up and did one, you know. <laughs> How do revivals start? Well, God says, uh, I think I'll have a revival. <laughs> I pick you. <laughs> That's how they start. <laughs> and not because of anything we do. <laughs> oh, been a lot of theological twigs there. <laughs> What's more with feeling? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, revival's kind of fun. It's 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 fun to talk to sit down with a pastor who used to be dead. It's interesting. It's fascinating. These people, they're wild. They're just, they get excited for you know, little things. <laughs> hmm. 
But you know, there's a miracle bigger than raising the dead. It's making an Australian happy. <laughs> Especially in an Australian church. <laughs> that takes power! <laughs> Divine power! Just crack a smile. <laughs> Alright, let me ask you a huge theological question. What would you rather have than joy? See, you can kill any church with just a simple question. <laughs> this isn't joy. I don't know what this is. <laughs> okay, we have one convert here. So <laughs> people say, "Well, come on, roll, roll," and I would like Jesus. I would like heaven. I would like people healed. What without joy? What's the point of life without joy? It's the first thing the devil steals from you. Comes right off the top as soon as you walk out of church. It's the most controversial thing ever. Almost no preachers preach about it. It's a pop- uh, You're not actually preaching. You're engaging in a hypnotism show. That ain't preaching. Guys for all over the place. Nobody wants a laughing revival. They want a prosperous revival. They want a successful revival. They want an excellent revival, not a happy one. <laughs> How are we doing here? <sighs> the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and in the Holy Spirit. In that order, it's the logical, necessary unavoidable, non-negotiable, non-optional result of the Christian life. Some of you are processing, they're thinking, yeah, 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 but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> what made Jesus go through with the cross? The joy set before him. If you're going to do the works of Jesus, you're going to follow in his footsteps. You're going to go out in the world. You're going to change it. You're going to save the lost. Go after nations. What are you going to need? The same motivation Jesus had. Uh-huh. Notice he's not exegeting a text. He's just spinning stuff off the top of his head. The joy set before him. That's what keeps Heidi and I in Africa. That's what sends us to the poorest, most broken down, hopeless places nobody else cares about. That's what gets us to go places only Jesus cares about. Go after people only he cares about. The sheer raw power of the joy of the Lord. Now, a lot of people pray for power and anointing, of, but without joy. And it fizzles. 
90% of missionaries don't go back a second term. <laughs> Joy is the energy of the Holy Spirit. And if you want twice as much strength and anointing and dedication and power and glory, you're going to need twice as much joy. Jesus likes people who enjoy him. Uh-huh. Jesus likes people who enjoy him. Can you please put the nonsense away all in the name of the Holy Spirit? And uh, this is blasphemy. This is not the Holy Spirit. This is a different spirit altogether. And would you please open up God's Word, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and properly exegete a text for us instead of giving us your own ideas with these so-called demonstrations of the power of God, which aren't? Not just people who serve Him and do amazing exploits, and they're tough and dedicated and good soldiers. and likes people who enjoy Him. It's the motivation that got Jesus... Through the cross. Guess what? There's a cross in the Christian life. <laughs> and not common preaching, but the only way you are going to get the glory, share the glory of Jesus in heaven is if you follow, pick, take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow him. It's a sure way to quiet a church down. <laughs> it's the open door to joy because you form a bond a relationship with Jesus that gives you that joy so you lay your life down and you, you're a laid down lover in the dirt all your life what do you get out of it what's your reward what was Jesus reward after all he did Hebrews chapter 1 Father says to his son, because you loved righteousness and hated wickedness, I will anoint you with the oil of joy. That's the reward of the Christian life. The real joy of the Lord. Oh, I see. Yeah. So all these people are experiencing their reward right now. Okay. Not just humor. It's not just silliness. It's not just cheap. It's not. It's the joy. Silliness is not joy. This is something very weird. Of the Lord. That is your reward. You can stop any revival if you get serious enough. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, getting serious, you know, rightly handling a word of God will, you know, or even just invoking a text using the mind. Well, bring a, you know, revival to a grinding halt, apparently. <laughs> and you can bring it to a complete stop if you get organized. <laughs> Notice he's preaching against the use of your mind and organization. Yet, the Apostle Paul, when you read First uh, Corinthians, he puts some order and organization around the gifts of the Spirit. You uh, want to speak with a tongue, you know, or prophesy one or at the most two, and there must be an interpreter, you know, things like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So th what this guy is saying, I mean, this is just, it's fascinating. I don't know why any of these people think this is God, the Holy Spirit. There's nothing holy about any of this. And the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world of sin and unbelief and points us to 
Jesus. This guy is pointing us to himself. He ain't pointing us to Christ. We continue. The Holy Spirit blows things up. God thinks he's in charge. He fell on the early disciples, you know, in Acts, and nobody knew who was in charge, what's going on, when the next meeting is, when, when, when's youth camp start, nothing. <laughs> Everything's blown up, exciting things are happening. Half the people think it's the devil, half the people think they're drunk on alcohol. Nobody knows what's going on, but it's exciting, it's life. It's <laughs> and then the organizers come to help. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's get serious. There's people to feed here, you know. <laughs> and then you're not a child anymore. Then you're not carefree like a kid. And that's what revival is all about. It's coming alive again. That's what revival um, There's a big difference between child having childlike faith and being childish. Means, right? You come alive again. Not just more numbers and bigger churches and more miracles. It's you come alive. That amazing. Wake up more one morning and realize, hey God, I'm glad you made me. <sighs> Most of the time we do our best to get God to wake up and go, man, did I make you? <laughs> I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> one lady wrote me after conference and she said, I don't have to be happy and you can't make me. <laughs> and said, God's not going to stop working on you until he can stand to live with you forever. <laughs> All these hyper-grace finished work people. <laughs> How many feel like finished works? <sighs> no, you are a work in progress. You are his workmanship, nothing else. And he thinks so much of his project that he's spending an entire lifetime working on you. And he can finish what he began, present you before his presence perfect and with great joy. But man, he considers that process so important. Everything that happens in your life over a lifetime is designed to build your relationship with Jesus that gives you the joy of the Lord. Everything is for that purpose. Every command is to make you happier. Every command is to get you on the right track. Every command is for your good. Yeah, where do you get this information from? Every command is given to make me happier. I'd like to see that text, please. Every command is superior to your ideas and your plans and your goals and your dreams. <sighs> I'd like to hear some of those commands from the written word of God in context, please. I mean, he's one of the, Jesus is one of the best saviors we have. He's one of the most clever, innovative, creative, interesting. Do you think you can come up with a plan for your life that's more exciting, that has more adventure, that gives you more friends, that gives you more challenge, that gives you more reward, that, that's more fulfilling, that's more... T ex <laughs> Then God can? Do you think God needs tips on how to run your life? <laughs> you think he needs a little counseling, a little guidance, you know, to, so he understands better what makes you tick and you know, what, you, what you would like? 
I asked her what yeah, that wasn't demonic at all. She thinks that she does that. <laughs> Are you sleeping? <laughs> so let's talk. You know, these harvest students said, we want more, and I need a drink. <clears throat> we want more of what? Exactly. <laughs> How we doing? <laughs> Sorry, you had good carpet in here, so. Sorry, in Africa we're used to dirt, you know, we do dirt time there. It's a little weird. I mean, this is a sermon that refutes itself, um, debunks itself, just by listening to it. Here you suck, Lynn. <laughs> so, you want more. People come to church because they want more. In Africa, many people come pouring forward for prayer because the men they were left they were with left a long time ago. They got a bunch of kids they can't support. Half of them are, have died, and they're desperately sick, and they're out of money, and they're living in a shack that's falling down, and, and the flood about washed away, and they're super sick, and their kids have malaria, and they're crying, and they're desperate. And they have witch doctors all around that are cursing them. And, and and That's weird because I'm having a hard time seeing the qualitative difference between a witch doctor and Roland Baker. Yeah, I, he's a witch doctor just claiming to be a follower of Jesus. None of this is found in Scripture. None of this is the Holy Spirit. I mean, all of this is just nonsense. Total distraction away from Christ. This isn't about making disciples. This is total insanity and lunacy. All in the name of Jesus. But the stuff he's doing, it's the same kind of quackery you would get from, well, a bona fide for real witch doctor. We continue. They would like some more. Westerners have no idea. In the Midwest and the States, I've, I've had housewives say to me, I don't understand why they're hungry. Why don't they just go to the store? <laughs> really? I'm not joking. Why don't they just put ATM machines in everywhere? <laughs> I mean, really, there are... There's a lot of high school students in Texas that don't know what country south of the border I mean, that's just how serious it is. Most teenagers... I think it's more serious that you got people in a place called a church who don't know their Bible well enough to spot the obvious, that this is a demonic manifestation and a guy who's uh, deceiving them into believing that these are manifestations of the Spirit when they're not. 
And all of that's because of their illiteracy regarding the written word of God. In the American camp, name a single capital in Europe. They have no idea. But we need a lot of things. Everybody needs a lot of things. When we come to church, we just want more. Because we're not satisfied. Now, some people act like they're satisfied. Some people say they're satisfied. A lot of, you know, I mean, what percentage of Australians go to church? They act like they're satisfied. You know? 100% of the people at Glory City Church are not actually at church right now. Their rugby or their Australian rules or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to the beach and they do all their stuff. But, and we have giant churches in the world today that promise people all kinds of stuff. I mean, they promise everything. Yeah, like uh, an absurd uncontrollable laughter is uh, supposedly a manifestation of the Spirit. You mean like that? They, they, they promise you that, that God likes you just the way you are. They promise you that God just wants you to be successful. He's backing you up. He likes your business plan. He likes your, what you want to do in life. He wants you to be a success. He wants you to, He's all for you. He's not against you. <sighs> And we're told that God hates poverty, and if you don't hate poverty, you are going to be poor. Well, who wants poverty? You know, we don't. Mozambique is the poorest nation in the world with the worst health care situation in the world. If any place needed health and wealth, it's Mozambique. So we should have the health and wealth preachers over there demonstrating their wares. <laughs> <laughs> They don't come there. Because <laughs> the people have no money to give them. <laughs> they collect it off of people who <laughs> will give whatever they tell them to. <laughs> but everybody wants... Hi. <laughs> you look very Chinese. <laughs> I was born in China. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he's able to spew heresy in English and Chinese. Everybody wants more. Something. And I know we want heaven on earth. I pray lots of times. I would like our base in Pemba just to be heaven on earth. I'd like it to be the most heaven-like place on the planet. I'd like people to just step on the base. Just oh, feel like they just got into heaven. I mean, that's what I would like. Or I pray. We would all like that. 
you know, people are the same all over, actually. We have different cultures, but people are the same inside. I think most people in the world would like a, to find a good wife or husband. They would like a good family. They'd like to have kids. They'd like to have a good job. They'd like to have a nice house. They'd like to live in a nice neighborhood. They'd like a nice climate. They'd like a safe country to be in. They'd like a nice government. They'd like to be prosperous, have a good business. They'd like to be, you know, have enough to go on holiday and take off a month and travel the world and be tourists and and just have an exciting life, have some good hobbies and, you know, at least have a surfboard if you're, if you're in, you know, if you're on Gold Coast. And, 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 and you know, there's just a lot of good stuff in life. And, and <clears throat> yeah, everybody wants the same stuff. They want to do want heaven on earth. It's just awesome. And the biggest, and especially like to feel good about themselves. You know? They don't want to feel like a worm. They don't want to feel like a sinner. They, they want to feel good about themselves. You're okay. You're doing great. God likes you to be a success. You know, we're all for you. Just taste your dreams. You know, dream big. How am I doing? Okay. <laughs> Let's do everything excellently. Let's just celebrate God's perfection and goodness. And let's just have a wonderful life. That's what we all want. And the gospel these days is, you know, kind of, kind of like uh, God is good. God is very, very good. And he's, he's, oh, he's good. He, he's, he's a good daddy and he wants you to have all this stuff. Uh... The gospel is that Christ has bled and died for our sins and rose again on the third day after he was crucified. Uh, and then we want to teach. Jesus already paid for it all. He already paid for all of this good stuff. So the least we can do is just go get it. <laughs> we want a church where we can just go get it. Now some, we want teaching that will, will show us how to, to get it. We want to. We want to. Clearly, he's far too busy to actually open a biblical text. He's just spewing his own ideas. That, that teaches us that it's okay to, to go get it, and, and that God wants us to go get it, and we can be trained how to, you know, get lots of power going, you know, working for us, and so we can transform the world, and that's just really cool. Anybody thinking or processing? <laughs> we all want more. We want all these good things. And Christianity is supposed to be a religion where we have a great God who's able to provide us with all these things. And we often have preachers come to Africa that come into villages and they just promised the people, we have a God here who can make it rain. We have a God here who can make plants grow. We have a God here who can stop the famine, stop the malaria, make things grow, fix things. It's amazing. How many want that? Everybody raises their hands and... <laughs> 
How many want to join the church? Because this is what we believe. Yes, yes. Good, good. Excellent. Well, how are we doing? <laughs> the gospel is good news. <laughs> so, the logical thing to do is ask, well, what is good news? You know, and if you're lonely, good news might be finding a wife. If you're poor, good news might be a get a better job. If you're sick, good news is getting healed. If you don't know anything, good news is a school to go to. If you don't know anything about God, the good news is a ministry school. If what does the Bible say the good news is? too much about God, then you go to seminary to cut down. <laughs> Did you know 70% of seminary students quit the ministry? <laughs> so what is good news? You know, Heidi and I started our, our missionary work in Indonesia. We landed in Jakarta in May of 1980. The first thing we hear, of course, at 4 o'clock in the morning is all these minarets blaring them. Here's what Scripture says. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Paul writes, Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the good news, the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved. You hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. I would note here that the people at uh, Glory City are not holding fast to the word of God at all. First Corinthians 15.3, For I delivered as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures. He was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. That's the good news. That's the gospel. I don't know what this guy's doing, talking about, or whatever. He's really worked himself up into a sweat now. His shirt is literally soaked. His head is sweating profusely. He has a towel in his hand. He keeps wiping the sweat off of his off of his head, which is balding. And uh, he's just continuing to spew utter nonsense while the people there still continue to kind of sound like they're cackling uncontrollably. Muslim chants. And what are they chanting? We thought how devout they are, you know, to get up at 4 o'clock and pray over the whole city. But then I found out it's all tape recorded. <laughs> but what are they chanting? They're chanting, God is good. That's what they're chanting in Arabic. God is good. God is great. God is good. Allah is good. Allah is great. Well, that sounds familiar. Who else is saying that? Oh, most of the big churches in America. They're all saying, God is good. God is great. 
What's the difference? What exactly do you mean God is good? How does that translate in real life? What is God really like? What is Christianity really? How many of you know what it's like to go to a ministry school where they're to train you how to get all the good stuff and then you get out of ministry school and and you hit reality? I mean, I know people that have gone to all the main ministry schools I know of and then they went off to Sudan as a missionary. (laughs) And then stuff hit the fan. out this oh my gosh what is this hardship and persecution nobody prepared me for that what's going on here you know I thought God was good what's going on how many of you heard of the heavenly man brother Yun Dennis Balcom's companion he wrote lilies amongst the thorns how many have read that book One, two. If I were the pastor of this church, I would require all members, if you have members, to read that book. You cry on every page. You can't get to the end of a single page without weeping. Find out how much love it's possible for a human being to have for God. He had no idea. Lilies Amongst the Thorns by Dennis Balcom and Brother Yudin. So Brother Ewan comes to the States, in the West, in Europe, in Germany, where he is now. And he says, oh my gosh, you people think you're in heaven already. You people think there's no war going on. You people think it's time to kick back and just be blessed. You people think you don't have anything to do. You think it's your job just to... Act like you're in heaven already. You know, in heaven there's no evil opposition. There's no sick people. There's no economic problems. There's no persecution. There's no hardship. There's no evangelistic campaigns. There's no healing you know, crusades. There's no ministry schools. What are you going to do there? You're just going to have to be happy and play. But a lot of people think, oh, that's all I have to do now is just play. But we're not in heaven. The mantra of the renewal often is the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we think, aha! There you go. We're supposed to have heaven on earth. Because God wants everything to be pure and perfect and healed and done and finished in heaven. Oh, this is getting interesting because he's just spewing off right now and literally contradicting one of the core tenets of the New Apostolic Reformation. Interesting. It's the same thing for earth. The goal is just to have heaven on earth.
But we don't have heaven on earth yet. You know that 150,000 people a day die in the world. About one-third of them are nominally Christian. That means at least 100,000 people every single day die without any connection with Jesus. And this sermon really has no connection to what Jesus said or taught or what the apostles whom Jesus trained said or preached or taught. I, I, this is, wow. Sound like this is the time just to kick back and enjoy heaven and I'm just asking you to be, it's just simple logic. Is this the time to feel like, you know, okay, I've arrived, I'm in heaven now, it's just no responsibilities, no, 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 no sacrifice needed, no, no, don't have to turn left or turn right, it just, it's just all about enjoying his blessings. Really? With 100,000 people a day dying without Jesus? You know, most of the world lives on a dollar a day. 70% of Mozambique lives in the bush, grass huts, mud huts. They don't have a toothbrush. They don't have a sheet. They don't have a mattress. They have maybe one change of clothes of wadded up filthy that they've worn for years and years, thrown in a corner. The nearest water is four hours walk away in a muddy hole in the ground. They haven't had a shower or bath in years. They save up for an entire year to buy a Coca-Cola for Christmas. They have one scrawny chicken that they might kill once a year to eat meat, actually. And we're just going to enjoy heaven by ourselves. These people are surrounded by witch doctors. These people are surrounded by demons. The Makandi, a major people group that's near Pemba, they're known for being cannibals. Dirt poor, sick, exhausted, miserable, oppressed by demons, cannibals living all around us. Now that's just a really great place just to kick back and enjoy heaven. We've had some great testimonies in, in Pemba a while ago. <laughs> it's a different place. This lady gets up in church to give her testimony. She says, yeah, I've been saved a week. <sighs> One week ago, I was going to eat my family. This week, I'm not going to. She sat down. That was her testimony. It was awesome. <laughs> You people, lovely testimony. <laughs> You're so entertaining. <laughs> Jolly good. <laughs> what else have you heard? <laughs> That's an awesome testimony in a group of cannibals. <laughs> 
witch doctors, they tell them to eat their children's organs and all to get healed and, you know, curse their neighbor's business and whatever it takes. And they're serious. They eat, they eat, they eat people. We have other testimonies. <laughs> this lady got up one time and, you know, this is, this is kind of different. She said, yeah, I've been saved a week too. You know, I says, I'm a new Christian. I saved last week. And I just want to say that uh, I've had a real rough time in life. I had a really tough uh, husband. He, he hated me. He beat me. So this um, sermon has now turned into um, well, how do I put this? I mean, this is story time uh, about things happening in Mozambique. This is not open up the word of God and be a disciple. Remember, the Great Commission says, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, as you are going, you know, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching all that I have commanded. There you go. Straight up. And uh, none of this has anything to do with what Jesus Christ has commanded, taught, or said, or anything like that. These people aren't even being discipled at all. This, you know, Roland Baker just, you know, rolling things off the top of his head after rolling everybody on the floor, and he's worked himself up into a sweat. And people are still strewn, literally. You know, it looks like Jonestown there, you know, just bodies strewn all over the floor. This is in defiance of the Word of God. This is rebellion against what God's Word says. These are not manifestations of the Holy Spirit. This is utter pandemonium. Like I said, complete goat rodeo. And then he he was mulling over what the good news is. What could it possibly be? What could it be? And he never actually said it. Never proclaimed it. Preached it. Yeah, I've gone as far as I can go without totally losing my mind. But this is a complete example of what it is that is wrong in the church today. We've abandoned the mission. We've abandoned what we're supposed to do. We're allowing ourselves to be be taught nonsense by people who are working so-called signs and wonders, which is nothing but just group hypnotism. All in the name of having an experience with the Holy Spirit. Experiencing revival. And all of it is as phony as a $3 bill slug nickel and we've traded the gold of the word of God for this yeah goat rodeo indeed what do you think love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of fighting for the faith you can do so my email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on facebook facebook.com forward slash pirate christian follow me on twitter my name there at Pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, by Carrie's death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. <laughs>